10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you ever so much for deciding to join me once again. It really is an honor and a privilege to have you guys here every week, and I hope you understand exactly how sincere I am when I say that. I want to launch right into things this week. Um, Every Independence Day, and I hate calling it July 4th, I think that minimizes the occasion. Every Independence Day, I go back and read the Declaration of Independence again for myself. I look at the roadmap and the blueprint that our founders laid out to create what is, in my opinion, the greatest experiment in the history of planet Earth. It was the first government truly to be instituted in giving the rights and the power to the people. At least that's the way it was originally intended. I don't know that we've always maintained that, but that was the original intent. And I think that we have, as a nation, given more opportunities to more different kinds of people than anyone else in the history of this planet. Are we perfect? No, of course we're not. You know, do we strive to be? I think we do. Um, I, I think one of the great things that the United States of America has always done is worked hard to learn from our mistakes, you know, work to rectify those mistakes, work to learn from them. Um, and, and we've made more than a few, and, and we've made some that have been very, very drastic. Um, as we're hearing about these days, you know, slavery was an atrocity that's difficult to put into words. Um, my favorite founder, Thomas Jefferson, um, whose quote this podcast is named after, was a slaveholder himself. And he had a relationship, a, a long relationship, uh, with one of his own slaves, Sally Hemings. Um, and it's it's been difficult for me to kind of rectify that side of him with the side that had such an incredible vision for what a country should look like, what a government should look like, where a government's power should come from. You know, um, I've read a lot about Jefferson, and, you know, I've read a lot about him being a slaveholder. And one of the things that's helped me to kind of start to make peace with the slaveholder side of him um, is the fact that had he released his slaves while he was alive, it was a travesty, I think, that he released them after he passed away. But had he released them while he was still alive, they would not have become free people. Um, they would have gone to another slave owner, and <laughs> even though this is this is pretty cheap in terms of a justification, um, Jefferson was known to have treated his slaves extremely well. It's a contradiction in terms to even say that, <laughs> and it's it's one of those things that when it comes out of my mouth, I wish I could put it back in, um, but I. I I do believe that um, in society as it was known back then, you know, I, I think treating your, treating your slaves well 
was something to be not really admired, but something to be at least appreciated. Um, it's well known, too, that Jefferson was anti-slavery in, in spite of having slaves himself. And, I mean, it's it's a hypocritical position to take, clearly. Um, but he didn't he didn't approve of slavery. He kind of accepted it as a necessary evil of the time. Um, he knew that when the colonies declared their independence, they had to do so presenting a united front to the Brits or they were going to get crushed. Um, and that's what he did. You know, he, he didn't mention slavery in the uh, Declaration of Independence. Um, slavery is not mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. It was kind of one of those wink-wink, nod-nod um, situations where we knew it existed, but it wasn't talked about. Um, kind of like kids at the dinner table back then. <laughs> um, but I think that is one of the important things that we have established in terms of our nation and how we view things is that, one, we fully acknowledge we are not perfect. Two, we fully acknowledge that there are corrections that we need to make, and we've tried to learn from our history every step of the way. Um, from slavery on to segregation to, you know, I mean, just whatever it's been. And I hesitated to mention some of the other things that I was going to talk about because slavery and segregation just seem to be so much more um, drastic than some of the other things that I would mention. But I think it's important to also go back and look at the incredible accomplishments of the men who founded this country, and certainly the women that stood behind them. Um, you know, certainly that was another issue of that time, is that, you know, women weren't given a lot of credit, and women weren't always given a lot of standing and stature. Um, but I'm sure, you know, Martha Jefferson, you know, heard plenty about what the declara declaration was going to include or not include, and I'm sure she had her own ideas and her opinions, and I'm certain that she shared them with her husband. and what effect they had on what he wrote, we can't really tell. Um, but I, I'm sure that she was an active participant in what her husband was doing at the time. Um, I try to go back every year and read the Declaration of Independence um, every Independence Day or very close to it. And you will hear me say Independence Day, folks. You know, I won't say or rarely say the 4th of July. Um, it's important to me to fully express what that day was. Um, you know, again, it was the creation of, I think, the greatest experiment in the history of this planet. Um, and for the most part, over our, you know, 240, 250 years, um, it's been extremely successful. You know, we've offered more opportunities to more different kinds of people than any, any country on Earth ever has. We've created the strongest and greatest economy. We've certainly created the greatest and strongest military. You know, I think we forget sometimes that we're still a relatively young nation. And our success is, is due in such large part to those forefathers that had the foresight to see what this nation could become. And so I want to read you just a little bit of the preamble to the Declaration of Independence now. 
We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that wherever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces to design a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. I think that's very profound. I, I know it is. I'm not stating anything that you don't know when I say that's profound. Um, but this really was the first time in the history of planet Earth that a government had been created that gave the rights to the people, put the people in charge. The people were the ones to make the decisions. The people were to decide who continues in office or if a government continues. Um, and I think that's just an amazing thing, you know, that our founders were able to have that vision to understand that that kind of system could work. Like I said, it had never truly been tried before. You know, there were countries that made an effort. England itself made an effort. But I think in terms of literally putting the power in the hands of the people, this is a totally unique experiment. And thank God this is what I've had the opportunity to grow up, grow up in, you know, for all of our imperfections, for all of our problems. I'm sorry, folks, nobody does it better than we do. I also want to read the final paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. And bear with me, please. I know you guys have heard this before. Hopefully you'll be able to look at it in a different way, as I feel like I have this year. <clears throat> but... This, to me, is also just incredible, you know, the sheer guts that it took to tell the world's only superpower at that time to essentially go to hell, you know, I mean, a ragtag bunch of farmers, you know, were going to be, you know, constructed into a military and they were going to oppose, you know, the, the, the equivalent then of the United States military. You know, good luck with that. Let me know how it works out for you. And I, I believe these gentlemen thought they were signing their own death warrant. You know, and how important does something have to be to you to cause you to do that? You know, they believed in this so much that they were prepared in, 
I would almost go as far as to say happy to lay down their lives for it. You know, I mean, to me, the, the bravery and the heroism in signing this document and sending it to King George III was right up there with, you know, anybody that's on, been on a battlefield. You know, they, they can't have thought they were going to survive this. But here it is, the final paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. And that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Let that sink in for just a minute. You know, I don't care how many times you've read the Declaration. If it doesn't choke you up every time, something's wrong. You know, like I said, I mean, these, these gentlemen are making it very clear to each other, to the king and to the world. Eh, I'm probably not going to survive this, but I believe in it enough that I'm going to do it anyway. I want future generations to be able to enjoy what I couldn't. I want them to be able to carry that mantle. I want them to live in a free state. It just, it's hard for me to process. It really is. You know, and, and I'm so grateful that they did it. You know, I, I think about, you know, what if I was in that sweltering hall in Philadelphia on July 4, 1776? Again, would I sign a piece of paper telling the world's only superpower to go to hell? I'd like to think I would. But I also think until you put yourself in that situation, you can't really answer the question. I just thank God that we had men that were willing to do that, to give us the country, to give us the opportunities that we have. Independence Day is by far my favorite holiday. Um, it, there's nothing else that even comes close. I am one of those people. I am an immense patriot. I always have been. I always will be. I spent a little bit of humble time in the United States Army. I've got the American flag and Gadsden flag tattooed on my shoulder, tattered, laying over each other with Don't Tread on Me across the bottom, and that slogan is just as important today as it was then. But I have to be honest with you, I don't feel like celebrating this year. 
I I don't want to see fireworks. I don't want to have a cookout. I don't want to go swim. I don't want to do any of those things that we traditionally do on Independence Day. When I look at the restriction of our individual liberties again due to COVID-19 and the death, injury, destruction, flat-out terrorism of nationwide protests, I, I really have... I really have no interest. And that's not an affront to our founders. That's not an affront to our Revolutionary War soldiers. That's not an affront to anyone who has served honorably, fought for, died for, was injured for, risked all for this great nation. I will never disrespect them. Not ever. But... When I see our rights being taken away, when I see the destruction being done to our country by our fellow citizens, the last thing I want to do is, is go to celebrate freedom. I mean, it's like I don't have the freedom to walk out in public without a piece of cloth over, over my face. You know, it's like how can I celebrate freedom when I don't truly have freedom? How can I celebrate freedom when I have to stay inside and be quiet while there's all the burning and murdering and looting and terrorism going on. How can I celebrate? And, you know, you might think I'm being overly dramatic, and I am sometimes, I fully admit to that. Um, but I don't think I am in this case. You know, the First Amendment is dead and gone. You know, can you speak freely? Not if you're white, you can't. You know, not if you post the wrong thing about your governor on Facebook, as I found out. You know, do you have the right to assemble? Not if you're a law-abiding citizen, you don't. Do you have the right to practice your religion freely? Uh, not if you want to go inside the building. No, you don't. Do we have a free press? I mean, legally, yes, we do. Nobody in the press is being arrested for what they say, and thank God for that. But are all sides heard? I mean, it's, it, no, not even close. You know, as I've said many times on this show, you know, our, our national media, for the large part, is just a Democrat propaganda wing. You know, you get blasted constantly by a bunch of stuff that's false, and when the, the president or anybody on the right does anything good, it's, it's swept under the rug. And the perfect example of that happened just this week. You know, there was a story that broke that said, the Russians were paying bounties for Afghanis to kill American troops. And, you know, it's all over the place. New York Times, CNN, Washington Post, MSNBC, you know, all of those places. And the DOD came out and said they have no evidence that corroborates that. Now, have you seen a retraction from any of these agencies? No, no, not at all, never. And it, they want to leave it that way. They want to leave it so the people that just hear the news in passing, oh my gosh, Russia was paying the Taliban and Afghanis to kill American troops and Trump didn't do anything about it. Oh my gosh. You know, they don't hear the part that, oh, by the way, the DOD said, uh, no, that didn't happen. You know, do you have the right to petition your government for redress of grievances? I don't know about you, but I tried that. I wrote to my congressman demanding that he not participate in what was an unfounded impeachment of the president. And I actually wrote him a letter 
Um, if you guys aren't familiar, it's what we used to use back in the olden days when we really wanted to make a point. We'd actually take a piece of paper uh, and we would actually type it up and sign it with our hand at the bottom, you know, stating that this came from us and it's something that's important. He sent me a form email back um, to my hard copy letter, and then he voted to impeach the president for, again, no legitimate reason. Um, look at the Second Amendment. You know, they weren't arrested, thankfully, but that couple that protected their property with firearms, I mean, they've been bashed incessantly in the media. <laughs> it's funny how, you know, if people in the, the riots and, you know, the people that shot men like David Dorn, you know, a black retired police officer who was trying to protect his friend's business, you know, nobody says anything about that. That's okay. Those folks can be armed. You know, the violent assholes, and I'm sorry, but that's what they are, you know, get a free pass with everything. I mean, have you heard anybody say anything about them spreading COVID? You know it's happening. You're absolutely certain that it's happening. There's no way you can cram tens of thousands of people into such confined spaces and not have community spread. But what do we hear? Allegedly, you know, because people in the South are going back to church or going out to eat, and that's causing this massive uptick in everything. I was like, get the hell out of here. They're not stupid. I mean, some people are. You know, there are people that vote Democrat, but the rest of us are fairly intelligent. Um, as far as the Third Amendment goes, it seems to be okay for now. <laughs> I don't know of uh, anybody personally that's quartering soldiers. Um, how about your Fourth Amendment rights? You know, even before this, every electronic communication in the country was spied on, and that includes this one. Um, it's done illegally. It's done without a warrant. And now we have contact tracers, those people who track down everyone you've come in contact with, of course, under the auspices of fighting against COVID-19. You know, But I, I'm sure no state will tell somebody that they've been exposed to COVID falsely just so they can see who all that person's associates are. And if you believe that, I've got some oceanfront property that I'll sell you in Oklahoma. Real, real cheap. Um, the Fifth Amendment also seems to be okay for now, even though police officers are facing trial for fully and completely justifiable shoots. I will not hold back. Rayshard Brooks was an idiot, an absolute worthless idiot. You know, when you steal a police officer's taser, which is considered to be a lethal weapon in Georgia, by the way. And then you point that taser, that lethal weapon, at a police officer, and you get dropped where you stand, good, good. If you put a police officer's life at risk, I hope and pray you go night-night time for good. Brooks got exactly what he deserved. That doesn't have any impact on the George Floyd case. Mr. Floyd was executed, plain and simple. Um, we should all be furious over that injustice, and we are. But I'll be honest, I, I'm losing my ability to even attempt to empathize with any, any cause of the arsonist, thieving, murdering, 900 police officer injuring domestic terrorists. And that's what, we, what they are. We've talked about this on the show before. You know, terrorism is using violence to affect political change. I could not describe 
these riots and these mobs and these idiots any better than that. They are domestic terrorists, period, end of story. And not only that, but when you start tearing down statues just because people look like me, you are a useless racist. Useless. When you burn and loot and skip over the businesses that have black-owned business spray-painted on them, you're a useless racist. Useless. When you cry Black Lives Matter over the small handful of questionable police actions, but you're totally fine with black toddlers and black 10-year-old girls being killed by people who look just like them, you are a useless racist. Like I said, I, I was on board when George Floyd was killed. You know, I mean, that, that was a hideous incident that never should have happened. There is no excusing that. But at this point, I have no sympathy for or desire to help the disgusting movement that has emerged from his death. You know, I'm honestly more ready to dig in my heels and spit in the face of the terrorists. You know, they don't deserve anything, and I hope they get less than that. And did you notice that as soon as rioting died down a little bit, COVID was hyped back up? You know, like I said, in the states that didn't have major rioting. And I still don't believe that for a second. There's absolutely no way. There's absolutely no way. And Dr. Fauci, I am so sick of this useless piece of crap that I can't even put it into words. He actually came out and, and admitted to telling us masks didn't work in the beginning. So we wouldn't go buy them up and keep hospital employees from getting them. I mean, it's like, look, I understand. I want medical professionals to have all of the equipment they need to. They should. They deserve that. But how many infections and deaths is Fauci responsible for himself because he told us not to wear masks in the beginning when he knew masks helped? He admitted this. He admitted this. I mean, this man should be in prison, not offering an opinion on anything. And to all of the medical professionals who told me I should shut up and listen to him from the start, that I didn't know anything, that I didn't have the credentials, I hope you see now that you should have shut up and listened to me. I was right. You were wrong. Fauci is vile. And if you're still listening to him, you are beyond idiotic. He has been right about literally nothing. And his lying caused American deaths. It's that simple. I've called him Dr. Mengele for a long time. And now we know that his bullshit caused American deaths. He admitted that. And I haven't seen a single Democrat step up and say, hey, wait a minute. You knew that? And you let people die anyway? No, we're going to investigate the false Russia-Afghan connection. I mean, it's like the left is such a complete waste at this point. But yeah, I mean, we're back to surrendering our personal freedoms because of the virus. And many of our fellow Americans aren't allowed to go to work. They aren't allowed to go to the beach for the fourth. You know, and they probably can't have a cookout of more than nine people because, you know, ten's a crime. It's like, is this granting us the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness that was written in that letter they sent to King George? No, no, it's not. 
It's an affront to everything that we hold dear. You add to that the theft of the Bill of Rights, and I think you have a pretty good understanding of why I don't want to celebrate this Independence Day at all. I sincerely hope next year will be different. I hope those unalienable rights will be restored. And if not, I hope we'll exercise, as Thomas Jefferson called it, our right and our duty to throw off our governments. We the people certainly deserve better. And so that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I have been, as always, your humble host, Jason Fornwalt. Thank you so much for joining me once again. And don't misunderstand, guys. You know, I, I know I have some things to complain about right now and some things that I did complain about. But make no mistake that I understand that I was given the opportunity to grow up in the greatest country that God has ever given to this great earth. Um and I never lose sight of that. You know, I, I'm angry right now. I'm very upset right now. You know, a lot of the things that are going on in this country shouldn't be happening. Um, but I, I know who we are. I know what we can be. I know how we learn from our mistakes. And I pray that COVID and these riots will be just two more of those things that we can put behind us and see what we did right and see what we did wrong, make ourselves better, make better choices, and move forward as the greatest nation we can possibly be. I think um, I might have to do an addition, an induction into the uh, Hall of Heroes next week just to lighten things up a little bit and have something positive to talk about. So I think I'll probably do that. But as always, you know I like to hear from you guys. You can contact me on Twitter at Treehouse1776, at Treehouse1776. It is also the Treehouse of Liberty podcast page on Facebook, Treehouse of Liberty podcast. And also you can send me a personal email, and my email account is JD, F as in Frank, O-R, N as in Nancy, W-A-L-T as in Tom, at gmail.com. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwalt. Thank you ever so much for joining me. Have a wonderful Independence Day.